0: Folks, welcome into a new episode of the Crowd Assist podcast presented by Trainwreck Sports. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world right now. We appreciate everybody who's tuning in live right now for just a little bit of a a distraction. But, you know, we kind of got to get this in because this game is two days away. Got a lot to talk about. Bills, Colts, got a great guest here to preview all the action. But first, just got to remind you guys, as I do every week, we are sponsored by Picasso's Pizza. Some of the greatest pizza in Buffalo that you can get. For four generations, they've been serving this stuff up, and everyone knows them for their cup and char pepperoni. Guys, I miss it so much living on Long Island. I can't get that pizza now. But they deliver nationwide. I say it every week. I can get it delivered here to me on Long Island. No trouble at all. Also open seven days a week, takeout and delivery. Now's the time to support local businesses. Please do your part by supporting our good friends at Picasso's. Kevin Masseri, as always, joining me. Kevin, how's it going today, buddy?
1: Living the dream, guys. Proud to be here. Always love these shows. Crossroads are my favorite editions. Uh, got to be on Cody's show a little bit earlier this week, so check that version out. It was great over there. Uh, we'll tweet that link out after this show. Um, but really, got some new knowledge with injury reports, and uh, you know, this is this is great. Really looking looking for a distraction, and uh, really looking forward to this. Yeah,
0: yeah, and as Kevin said, we have Cody Felger here of the Bring the Juice Colts podcast. Cody. First of all, I
2: always like to ask, did I say the last name correctly? <laughs> no, it's okay, though. Uh, you're not the first one. Don't believe me. Uh, it's Felger. Uh, so, you know, I always tell people just funny enough, like, <laughs> hey, it's just that. like, girl like I'm mad or something. <laughs> I don't know. That's one way I remember it, like if, yeah. if somebody asks. So, uh, so, yeah, yeah. Yep, glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Really looking forward to this matchup. It, sh- it should be a really good game, man.
0: Yeah, we were talking briefly before we went live here that it's going to be a better game than a lot of analysts are giving it credit for, so we'll just hop right into it. I always like to start talking about a specific aspect of the Bills' opponents, and that's the running backs for two reasons. And one is that I'm a huge fantasy guy, and I hate when coaches misuse running backs. That's my biggest pet peeve in the world as a football and a fantasy fan, but also – The Bills Achilles heel this year has been the run defense, really. If you can point to anything, it's been the run offense and the run defense. And you have two pretty good running backs on the Colts. Jonathan Taylor, possible Rookie of the Year. He has stiff competition with Herbert and Jefferson, the Justins there. Uh, And then Naeem Hines, who actually led Mm -hmm. your team in catches this year, which I was blown away when I found that. out. So, you know, I'm personally really nervous about facing off against those two. Am I justified in being so nervous for that?
2: I mean, I think so. Um, honestly. Yeah. And like Darius Leonard, our star linebacker, even said, I am so thankful I'm not playing against that guy right now. Referring to Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, and it's kind of crazy. Like, I kind of think about like our game plans a little bit. Like, the Colts should be to run the football, and your guys is obviously we'll get into it, is throwing it. But yeah, mm-hmm. um, I definitely think Jonathan Taylor, man, over the last like four or five weeks. There's only one other running back that's been better than him, and that's Derrick Henry, the guy who just ran over 2,000 yards (laughs) in a season. So, uh, yeah, I definitely think Jonathan Taylor is going to present a very unique challenge for sure. Um, It's kind of crazy to look at his rookie year. You know, starting out, he wasn't even the starter in week one. And then Marlon Mack goes down with that Achilles injury, and week two, boom, Jonathan Taylor from there on out. Was uh, the lead back and it took him a little bit of time. He had some struggles there early on. It's crazy to me, though, to think about that. He missed a game with, you know, with all the crazy stuff. He had to be quarantined for a game and he still finished third in the league in rushing yards. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, Jonathan Taylor certainly presents a big challenge. Now he's really confident and that's the biggest thing I think with him. That separates him from uh, you know him a couple weeks ago, even you know even like a month ago, is he is just so much more confident right now in who he is and that as a runner he really looks like that Wisconsin back the Colts took. Um, Back in back in April, then, because uh, he is just really he's making people look foolish out there right now. I mean, Taylor, he's got it all, man. He's got the size; he's two hundred thirty pounds nearly. He's got the speed. Uh, he runs about the same speed as Naheem Hines, which is just crazy enough. Naheem Hines is one of the fastest backs, the wow. fastest back in the, the twenty eighteen draft class. So, uh, yeah, he he certainly uh, offers a unique blend of all that stuff, but. But, yeah, Naheem Hines, it's actually crazy because, you know, you mentioned how good he is as a receiver. And we kind of thought that might happen because, you know, we know how much Philip Rivers likes his receiving running backs. Like, mm-hmm. Austin Eckler a year ago, he's had some other guys too. Danny Woodhead comes yeah, to Norman mind.
0: Gordon, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: yeah, all those guys. Like, they use them. Uh, but the big thing is, Naheem Hines has actually been used a little bit more than I thought in, in terms of actually running the football, which I think is interesting. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I know it was against the Raiders, but Naheem Hines was averaging like eight yards per carry. So – He's looking pretty good as well. I think that's the big thing. Like, you know, when, whenever Marlon Mack would go down years before, like before Jonathan Taylor, obviously, nobody else could really rise to the occasion. And that was kind of like a big, like, why is this not happening? But Naheem Hines, along with Taylor, have really stepped into that role and made it – and filled it really nicely. I mean, a couple weeks ago, they were they were about 23rd in the league. They were They were at the bottom of the league in rushing for a long time there or near the bottom. And then all of a sudden, Jonathan Taylor really started to find himself. And this running game, and this offensive line, all this stuff started clicking. And now they're all the way up to, I believe, it's 11th of the league. So that just tells you how good they've been recently. Uh, Jonathan Taylor has just been uh, incredible as a rookie. And it's crazy to think he's only a rookie. So I'm really excited. <laughs> but yeah, I would say certainly he's our biggest threat on offense, no doubt. And he's definitely the guy you're going to have to watch out for on Saturday.
1: Yeah, I know. We, we talked about it on your show, I think. You know, at the cap here, we were, you know, we were talking all off season about bills, potential targets. And we we spoke about on your show that I believe mm-hmm. the Bills are very interested in in him. Um, obviously, by precedent that they went and took Zach Moss yeah. a few picks later, uh, they were sweating that out. He was Zach Moss was really the only running back left of the more elite-ish type potential running backs. And I do think he would have been mm-hmm. the Bills' second round pick and a couple picks later after the Colts. I think they were really um, eager to have a player like him. The way his key could would complement uh, Singletary. So the Bills are are more than than adequately. Um, compliment. You know, just love to compliment him. Um, I, I do think that he was their ideal target. They went AJ Epinesa, a, a defensive end that fell a little bit in the draft, um, who's starting to come on in his own right a little bit later on in the season. But uh, he was definitely their one of their main targets. They love the way he played uh, in college, and and he he's just found it I mean he found it and takes a little while he's a rookie um you know sometimes rookie yep. running backs can get it game one um to James Robinson's but it didn't take him long really I mean it, it really didn't take him right. long to to figure it out and one thing I did want to ask you while we're on the topic though um pass blocking uh they, they both score pretty low in that category do they not keep running backs in the block mm-hmm. what's the situation there are they poor at it are they just not do it um, which I know Philip Rivers is getting rid of the ball quickly, but talk to me about that side of the game, um, protecting Philip.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I certainly think uh, Jonathan Taylor has gotten better as the season has gone on. Um, he certainly has had his rookie moments, though, and I think <laughs> that's just what it is. It's just a little bit of that, a little bit of jitters there. But, yeah, I mean, I, I mean he's got the ideal size to be able to protect. Uh, but, yeah, I do think Marlon Mack was really, really good at that, and that was a thing that the Colts have still had to continue to, to get Used to, but you, you did mention Philip Rivers gets the ball out so much quicker than Jacoby Brissett did a year ago. Mm-hmm. So I think you know they don't have to be in the pocket as much and, and you know pass block as well. But I think it is a work in progress, and that's something Tom Rathman even said. He said, you know, we've been okay at pass protection, but he wants to wants us to be elite. He wants the running back group to be elite. So. I would say certainly that's still a work in progress for sure, but I like Jonathan Taylor uh, in his upside there. And I think he's starting to get it a little bit more. He had a really nice block a couple of weeks ago in pass protection. He, he's gotten blown up a couple of times, which is kind of crazy to think that guy that size can do that. But, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I, I think overall he's coming along. He still is a rookie. He still has his rookie moments, but, Um, overall I think if you bring back Marlon Mack that's going to improve greatly and I think just give him an offseason and that that'll be a lot better here probably in year two
0: Mm. and Kevin brought it up and you touched on it a little bit how fast Philip Rivers is getting the ball out Um, yeah I looked it up earlier this week when I was working on an article and saw it's second in the league basically on quarterbacks the start of the entire year only behind Ben Roethlisberger who Mm. is just getting it out early and it's just not even on target half the time rivers though he's like accurately targeting his running backs they target their running backs like more than any other playoff team in the afc and i think there are only two teams in the nfc and one's washington who targeted jd mckissick 15 times in one game <laughs> and wow. the saints who have alvin Kamara. so like they, they, they do like to use their running backs a lot and like how much do you think that's helped rivers transition from San Diego slash L.A. to Indianapolis because, like, his sack percentage is way down. Yeah. His interception percentage is way right. down. Like, it's one of the lowest marks he's ever had in his career. So, like, is it is it more they're using the running backs to maybe mask what they're worried about with Rivers or that's just the genuine, like, strength of this team?
2: Yeah, I mean, I do think in in part it is due to the strength, like Naheem Hines I mentioned. Jonathan Taylor also is a pretty good receiving back. They just don't yeah. use him a ton and use him a ton of Wisconsin. But I do think it really is though limiting uh, Rivers having the ball in his hand because we know he's the most. I would say he's the most immobile quarterback in the league. So I mean, you know, common trend there with all teams you mentioned what's what is one common trend most of those quarterbacks maybe you I don't know what you consider Alex Smith but most of those quarterbacks are older and immobile so uh, I think yeah that's just part of kind of how it is when you have a 40 year old quarterback um, who isn't Freaking like I don't even know who would be like John Elway or something like that, like who can actually still move at forty. Yeah. Uh, you have to do that, yeah. You have to do that. And I think that's kind of part of the design a little bit of what the Colts wanted to do. I think they were going to do that a lot more with like a Paris Campbell, for example, who unfortunately hadn't played this season beyond a couple of weeks in the beginning. But yeah. yeah, I do think it's partly in part, like I said, to to just his age, and then also, yeah. Yeah, it definitely is a part of their system. And, and just the type of quarterback that Rivers has been throughout his career has been one-to-one, one get bullet ball out of his hands into the hands of his playmakers. And, and the Colts do have a lot of playmakers, so I think it is the best option right now for them. But it'll certainly be interesting to see, say, the Colts go get a young quarterback or whatever they do, um, if that changes at all. But right now, I think that's the big reason why we're seeing that, because like you think about Andrew Luck, even like they didn't do that as much as they're doing it now, not even close um, for obvious reasons. So I I think it's kind of a two-parter there yeah
1: no if you stay along the lines of the offense you look at i want to talk about the receiving group i think i think most whether you're bills fan whether you're afc fan or whether you're fantasy fan everyone knows who ty hilton is what he's able to do what he's done in his career he's getting a little older but you know still very productive still good at the position and we're, we're all we're all watching michael pittman kind of develop as well um And, you know, tell me, talk to me about Pittman and Zach Pascal. Doesn't seem like any other receivers get a lot of snaps there behind those two. Uh, How much are they in in, in three wide receiver sets? Do they do any 10 personnel? Is there any, do they ever have four wide receivers on the field? Talk to us about that. I mean, we've always, I think we've talked about the running back room a lot and rightfully so. Um, But talk to me about that side of it. I think once again, everyone, you know, knows T.Y. Hilton, but what's going on behind him? And um, what kind of looks would you expect from that unit?
2: Yeah, for sure. I know one thing I'll say this, the Colts have three really healthy tight ends, three really good tight ends that they'd like to use. So they're going to use those tight ends. So that would be definitely something to keep an eye on if you're the bills. Yep. Um, yeah. You mentioned it. Those three guys are the three receivers that they're using. They had used my, the Michael Harris a little bit, but he'd kind of been inactive. So it's kind of been interesting how they've been using it, but yeah, outside of those three receivers, you mentioned Hilton, uh, Pascal, and then obviously Pittman, uh, You know, they don't really use a whole lot of other guys right now. Sometimes, occasionally, like an Ashton Doolin, but he's more of a special teams guy. More so, yeah, running backs, tight ends. They just kind of like to use everybody and get everybody involved. The crazy thing is, like, you know, I know obviously we're going to be facing Tredavious White. He'll probably – if he doesn't shadow too, I hope he'll be on him a good amount. Mm -hmm. Um, The the beauty of this offense, though, is something you're going to have to, like, be watching is, like, they can use anybody. Like, Rivers spreads the ball around so much to every single receiver. Like, so I could count on my hands how many receivers this year have like had five catches for you know 100 yards like it's only been a handful because so many guys yeah they use so many guys and it's a bummer that a guy like Marcus Johnson who was coming on when there were some injuries there in the middle of the season he's out so that's kind of a loss I mean they haven't used him a whole lot but he's just a kind of a nice little depth piece there but but, yeah, I would definitely say uh, just be aware because, like, even if you shut down one receiver, they can beat you a whole, a whole bunch of other ways. So, uh, but, yeah, Pittman, I've liked what I've seen from Pittman. He's really, really good at run blocking, like really good at run blocking, even that though like it seems like about every every game he has a penalty for holding or something of that nature. <laughs> seems like recently it's been a trend. But but overall, yeah, he he's, he's good when he's called upon. Zach Paschal, he's just such a reliable receiver. Yeah. Like he was a leading receiver last year and he just, whatever role he's given, he just thrives in it, man. And that's what I love about Zach Pascal. He's not going to like scare you over the top, like maybe a T.I. Hilton would in his prime, but he's just such a solid, reliable guy that he'll make the catch if he's thrown to you. And, and Pittman's a really big body. And the crazy thing is like with Pittman, I thought they were going to use him a lot more in the red zone. They have not at all and that's been really weird to me that they haven't. But he's really – they get him in the crossers, and he's done a really, really good job. Like, for being 6'4", talking about Taylor for his size, Pittman can move too. I mean, you think about his first NFL touchdown. Like, he outran, like, four defenders on a crossing route. So, I mean, he's got some deceptive speed you'll have to keep an eye on as well. But I think if – yeah, that's kind of what I would say. If you were, like, saying how – what do we watch out for for this Colts offense? I would definitely say, man, like, Watch the tight ends because any of these tight ends can go off. None of them are like superstars, but all of them can contribute in big ways and can beat you. So, um, yeah, that's probably what I would say for this. Um, you know, nobody—it's not like they don't really have like a Julio Jones or any crazy right, like right. superstar like that. They just have a lot of reliable guys that if you don't guard them, they could make you pay. And and Rivers loves to do that, and uh, so that that gives me a little bit of confidence, I guess, in this in this Colts team in this offense is like. They're kind of unpredictable in certain ways on who they're going to go to. It's just kind of whoever the mismatch is. And you already talked about it a little bit in, our, in my show uh, when you came on there, uh, Kevin, um, about that, about some of the mismatches uh, beyond Turdavius White, which yeah. I'm sure we'll get into in a little bit. But, but yeah, that's what I would say probably for this Colts, you know, special specialists and running backs, tight ends, wide receivers, all those guys.
1: Yeah, no, it makes, it makes a lot of sense. And, you know, you look at you look at him on paper and, you know, there's a lot of weapons. So that's why when I said on your show, I'm not sure if Trey White is going to shadow T. I just don't know if that's right. going to be the matchup they're going to do. Like you said, yes, it would kind of put T.Y. in a tough battle. But at the same time, uh, maybe Pittman's the one that's that's hurting him on the outside. Maybe they need to do something there. Maybe Pascal's doing something on the slot. Yep. They won't move him into the slot often. Um, so that'll be a full Taron Johnson type of responsibility, um, for the bill's perspective. So that was probably one we can kind of guarantee on a Taron Johnson versus Zach Pascal type of battle, which would be a good one. Um, but will he they move around between the two mm-hmm. boundary receivers I think you might see that rather than a T.Y. Hilton like I said we might want to look at it like a Levi Wallace over sure. top of T.Y. with a safety um, and then maybe put Pittman on white and if that doesn't you know if if, if Hilton's winning that you know they'll, they'll totally flip that but that's that's kind of some of the initial you know maybe your second corner and your best safety watching T.Y. and then you know having him lock up Pittman yeah. it's kind of the Bill Belichick model so that's something I'm really interested in this game if the Bills are just going to say you know what T.Y. Hilton we think is one of their best players we're going put our best on it if they do that route or if they go with the, the route of mm, they have a lot of weapons we got to be careful at times you've seen Trey White even go in and play a tight end if he has to um so if some if one mm-hmm. of those guys are having a great game you know maybe it's time to put him on Trey Burton or Moelle Cox or whatever it is whoever it is that's finding the holes um so you know that we're, we're 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 not foreign to that either so we'll see what happens that's one of the more interesting battles that I have those DBs versus the um Indianapolis uh, a weapons. But let's talk about the O-line real quick to wrap up yeah. the offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Holden's out. I know he's a guy um, you're not really worried about, um, from my understanding of this whole situation. I know, obviously, you lost uh, Anthony Costanzo, really great tackle, a uh, guy really good in this league. Um, so it's a little bit of a loss. I know, you know you've know you had like a couple of guys in and out there. Um, including La Raven Clark on mm-hmm. IR. So I know you found a nice journeyman tackle in Valdir, a guy that's played pretty well since coming in. Are you confident there in the left tackle spot um, going in against the Jerry Hughes, um, some of the better guys that get a lot of pressures? Um, Hughes isn't running up those sick ta- uh, sack totals like he used to, but he's getting a lot of pressures. Um, he's, he's getting to the quarterback. He's a speed mm-hmm. rusher. Any of those concerning? I know the rest of the O-line is in pretty good shape, but you know, let's,
2: let's talk about the O-line there to kind of wrap up the Colts offense. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I would definitely say it, you know, I liked what I saw from Veld here, there in, in week 17, but again, it's the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I'm not going to put a whole <laughs> lot of stock into it. I mean, uh, so yeah, that is my biggest concern on the O-line for sure. Undoubtedly as that left tackle position. I mean, you look at everybody else, you feel pretty good about it, honestly. Like all the other positions, I feel good about. All these guys are, are playing at a really high level right now. But I did like what I saw from there in terms – he had a little bit of a rough start, I guess, from left tackle. He didn't allow Saki a lot of pressure. But other than that, I thought he held down the fort pretty well. And the good thing is I feel like the Colts can help him out in a lot of ways. Yeah. It's like you're not having a liability. A couple weeks ago, the Colts had – anthony costanzo out and brayden smith out against the steelers and so it's like you can't cover up two tackles no. being out but i feel like the colts can If felt here struggling there you know against a jerry hughes or something like that the colts can use a tight end jack doyle Ali cox something like that to kind of help him out a little bit but you know i feel i don't know how i feel it's kind of weird i feel good about it but i'm also like okay i have to be a realist here like He's 33 years old. He was retired. Like, I, I, how, how good a football shape is he actually in? That's kind of my question, I guess, for the left tackle position. But, yeah, you guys have some pretty good defensive linemen. So, I certainly uh, am not going to underestimate you guys in the slightest. Uh, and I am really, yeah, I think Rivers This is one of those games where Rivers really needs to get the ball out of his hands quickly, um, especially at, if, if Veldaheer is struggling. But I do feel confident, yeah, uh, in this offensive line as a whole.
1: Are you worried about depth behind them? Obviously you've had taken a few hits um, there. Like if any of them have to go even short term things, like you mentioned, maybe half a game, three quarters of a game of an injury.
2: Like how's the depth behind those five Or, or then are you starting to get into trouble? Yeah, I would say more tackle trouble than than guard center trouble because we do have Joey Hunt, who's filled in a little bit when mm-hmm. needed. He's kind of a journeyman as well. Um, he filled in a couple weeks ago when Costanzo got injured, but he did come back in. He played a couple series at left guard when, and also switched over to left tackle. And so I, I felt okay about that. I you know, wouldn't want him probably being your full-time starter, but <laughs> he's a decent depth piece. And then Danny Pinter's filled in a little bit too when need be guard center type of guy. He's a rookie. He He played pretty well. Uh, but yeah, the tackle position, if like a Braden Smith or, or something was to go down, I'm, I, I'm actually terrified because that means that Chaz Green's probably going to be the next guy up and he is awful. Like he is horrendous. We've seen it throughout this year. I mean, he's the guy a couple of years ago when he played for the Cowboys that allowed, I believe like six sacks or something like that to Adrian Claiborne. So uh, yeah, yeah, that. yeah, that's the type of guy we have at our backup tackle. So I feel a little bit better, obviously about, uh, about guard and center, but but, yeah, depth has always been a concern for me this season going in. Um, I would feel a little bit better if we had Holden playing in this game because, yeah. uh, you know, he he played a little bit of snaps, and I thought he was pretty good when he was healthy, um, at least for what you asked him to do there at left tackle. So I'm a little bit concerned if one of these guys was to go down. But, but yeah, that's probably my thoughts on the offensive line in terms of depth.
0: Yeah, and to wrap up on the offense, because I know we want to get into the defense too, like we've mm-hmm. talked about a little bit how, like, this, you know, you said that, the Bills pass rushers, our D line shouldn't be underestimated. Like again, this offense shouldn't be underestimated. They're a team that scored 26 points eight straight games in a row. Like they they know how to put points on the board. That's there's no question. They were a top five scoring team in the AFC too. Like so, any Bills fans that think you know just because of you know Philip Rivers is back there and he's immobile and he scrambled one time for three yards all year, like this is this could pose more trouble to the Bills defense than than we might be able to let on. But. Uh, from a Bills offensive perspective, especially with Rocky Sin out, uh, lucky for you guys, it looks like Kari Willis is going to be able to play, getting a full practice in today. Um, you know, yeah. how, how is – are you confident in, in the the Colts being able to maintain or at least maybe limit the Bills passing attack without Rakia Sin?
2: I mean, I th- I, don't, I think if you ask Colts fans about Rocky Sin, there wouldn't be a whole lot of positive things right now. He's kind of struggled recently. So – it's kind of funny because I feel like we're not – it's not a huge, huge loss. I mean, from a depth standpoint, sure. But, I mean, from a talent standpoint, TJ Carey has been just fine at the number two corner So, like throughout this season. So, um, I don't want to say I'm confident because the Bills have some really, really good weapons, and obviously they have Josh Allen. So, And the Colts have really been struggling against the pass in terms of passing yardage recently, so – Uh, you know, I don't think Rocky said would make that much of a difference, but getting Corey Willis back is really big. He's been one of the best strong safeties in the league this year and nobody talks about him, but he's been fantastic this year, more of a box type safety, but I don't even, I know at one point he hadn't missed a tackle all year. I don't know if that's still something, but, uh, yeah, he, he's a really, really good, strong safety. Uh, Julian Blackman, I like to see him get a little bit back to, to where he was earlier on in the season. You know, he was having a really good, he did have a really good rookie season, Kind of fell off a little there in the second second half of the season, more towards the end of the season. Uh, some miscommunication, missed tackle, stuff like that. So I'd like to see him get a little bit back into form where he was. But, but yeah, it's certainly going to be a huge test. That is the part where I'm the most terrified for sure, is these receivers against our, our secondary. I, I really okay. am because you guys are absolutely insane with, with all your receivers, even without a Cole Beasley. Like, you guys are still insane. <laughs>
1: Now, same question goes here because this this unit's really fascinating to me. Malik Hooker went down earlier this year. Yeah, what, what was his role as compared to Willis and Blackman? What was he doing when he was healthy? And then, you know, second, you know, secondly, depth there. So we talked about that on the O line for mm-hmm. the Colts. What happens if any of the three or five um, go down? Now, are you more terrified or the situation? I know Rocketson isn't. His numbers don't look good. PFF doesn't like him. So I know I could I can feel for you. Uh, you know, not really thinking that's a huge huge loss, um, but it does have to add some great depth if something was to go on or something goofy was to happen. Yeah. Losing that, I know at freight value, it's like all right, we're good. We have Kerry, um, but I've seen DBs more than any other unit get ding- at least short termly get dinged up. Um, so mm-hmm. I guess starting you know starting with Hooker, what happened? What was his role early? What what, what went on there? And then, you know, kind of later on, what happens if you have a, you know, a, a, a kind of a minor injury in this game? You know, what, who are we looking at at cornerback and safety?
2: Yeah, yeah, sure. So, with Malik Hooker, he uh, he was your starter at free safety to start the year. Uh, Julian Blackman was still recovering from that ACL tear last okay. year, so he wasn't even, like, active at that point. Uh, yeah, Hooker went down there in week one. He's more of a free safety, you know, more of a ball hockey, free safety type of guy. And he. Just, I just don't think – I think the problem was, first off, inconsistency. He was injured a lot. Um, he had some inconsistency in his play as well. Uh, and it just wasn't the right system for him, honestly. Um, he really looked good early on when, you know, we had that 3-4 type of system. He kind of right. seemed to thrive more in that, less of less of a zone type of thing. So, uh, yeah, he kind of struggled a little bit. So, honestly, when he went down and Blackwin came in and played as well as he did, we were like, it was an upgrade, honestly, um, and, I, and we felt that, and we were just like, okay, like, it sucks that Hooker went down, like, I was a big, and I've been a big Hooker apologist for the past three or four years, but I'm, I'm going to be real, like, he hasn't lived up to that that hype when they picked him 15th overall in 2017, he just hasn't, um, He and the thing with Julian Blackman is, he's probably, I would say, probably as good at, at coverage um but also could hit which i think is big as well and can actually tackle and that was the biggest thing with malik hooker and julian blackman's a lot more durable beyond that freak injury with that acl like he hasn't missed a game this year he's been really really good so uh yeah in terms of depth though that that's a little bit of a question mark for sure uh it really is and that's why you know it's not from a play standpoint it's like there's not a huge drop but like yeah, from depth standpoint, certainly. Cause you have your three corners right now without Rocky Asin. I mean, you got obviously you got Xavier Rhodes, who's had a really good year. Um, now you have Carey. Uh, then you have Kenny Moore. And beyond that, I don't really know. Um, so that's my biggest question mark right now, like for sure, is that corner depth? Like you can't afford to have any of your guys go down because maybe Isaiah Rogers, the rookie, this six round rookie this year, could step in there, but yeah the the cornerback position certainly is scares me a lot more than the safety position because the Colts have some some solid depth there at safety um even with Mully going out going out I felt good about the Colts safety group so you know say say a Julian Blackman or a Corey Willis was to go out the Colts have uh Tavon Wilson who you know fans have been split on him he's kind of a veteran guy he didn't have a great game a couple weeks ago but um, he's still a solid piece back there. And then George Odom, who's more of a special teams guy. You know, I love George Odom because anytime he's asked to go in and play, he does a really, really nice job, and he's not really flashy. He just goes out there and does it. Um, so I feel pretty good about you know two other safeties that I feel like can be competent back there, um, and I've been in the system the entire year. But, yeah, corner for me is the biggest question mark right now in terms of depth.
0: You, you, and just real quick, you, you brought up how few tackles that Kari Willis misses. He only had four on the year. He, he wow. had a 4.5 percent missed tackle rate, according to pro football reference. So, man, that's ridiculous. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah I would, <laughs> if I were you, I'd feel good about the safety.
1: Did studio. we have the intern on that? Do we have the internet on that? Uh,
0: <laughs> my iPad is the intern. <laughs> ah, yes. <laughs> Um, but you know, obviously Xavier Rhodes is not one to shake your head. at. Like, he's a very good corner. Um, you know, do we yep. expect him to shadow Stefan Diggs? Like, well, how, do, how do the Colts mm. kind of use their corners?
2: I could see it happening. Honestly. Mm. Uh, I could definitely see him just shutting down that side of the field. Well, I don't know if he can cause Stefan Diggs is like one of the best receivers in football. It's going to be a good matchup no matter what. Yeah, it'll be fun to watch. Uh, but yeah, I think, you know, that, that might be a good thing, but the Colts do play more zone. So I could see right. that happening more. Um, but they have played man on occasion when they need to, like even last year against Kansas City. That's kind of how they did I I hope they do it this year because um, that's how they beat Kansas City is they just played man the whole time. They got pressure, and they slowed Mahomes down. As much as you can slow him down, they did it. Um, now, I know they're missing some guys, and, and there's reasons for that. But I do think that that's kind of should be the game plan that the Colts do. Um, it's make life hard on Josh Allen because he's a fantastic player, but he still is a young player. He still has – Obviously, some stuff to learn. He's not a 17-year veteran like Philip Rivers or something like that. Um, so, potential. I, it may not happen, but there's potential. I think that you could get him flustered a little bit early and really have yourself in that ball game. Um, so, yeah, I think that's what the Colts need to do in order to to slow that down for sure. Um, is do that, but but yeah. Uh, again, I, Josh Allen could completely just say, "Forget that. I'm just going to go <laughs> go bomb it on you guys," and it could go, work really well. I mean, it's happened to everybody this year besides maybe the titans there with that crazy weird week but yeah
1: <laughs> but yeah our favorite week we like to talk about here on the show beside <laughs> the, the not no, hill play <laughs> um the titans <laughs> we are very happy Man. to see i know you weren't but we were very happy to see um Sam Sloman make that field goal. Um, I mean, I yeah. lost you the division, but for us, it's like we don't have to deal with Titans fans this week.
2: Um, <laughs> oh, fair, you fair do enough, have to, anyways. I mean.
1: You have to do them twice a year, every year, anyway. Yeah. So you don't, you don't get that freedom. <laughs> um Sorry,
2: but they, yeah they i'll say this they they got a lot of luck this year when they faced the team like when they faced you guys for example you mentioned it the league kind of moved around their schedule all that stuff and then when they faced us we were missing to force buckner to Nico watcher yep. two sack leaders jonathan taylor and like yeah. other guys as well and like they acted like that wasn't a big deal and i'm right. like guys that's of your strength is stop is like running the football and our two of our best run defenders are out this game. So like it's going to happen now they did come in and they kicked our butt. Like I won't, I won't say they didn't, but the injuries matter. Uh, They really do. So of course they do. So it's just kind of crazy how they've gotten a a lot of luck this year (laughs) in certain ways uh, (laughs) to help them win that division. I mean, Hey, it's the first time they've won it. in since 2008, I believe. So, Hey, I mean, I was in middle school at that point. I didn't really know (laughs) anything about football back then. So good for them, I guess. Uh, but they hey, I would love for them to see them get uh, get beat here against Baltimore that'd they be should. great yeah i think they that'd should that made me happy
1: now if you bounce to your front seven um or, yes. excuse me yeah 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 definitely um force buckner injury is that of concern i know it kind of popped up hmm. is that is is that something you're concerned i know that's kind of been his practice schedule lately but is that a concern yeah. that is he playing at full strength with that i mean you know we've seen some players do this and they weren't fully effective like no, most notably for us john brown um is is that right. something you're worried about? I mean, obviously he's gonna play, but is that yeah, talk to me about that and then you know we'll kind of wrap it up for the defense with the front seven in general. Um, you know, we, sure. we saw Darius Leonard not very happy at um the Bills practice today.
2: Um so
1: <laughs> um
2: Oh yeah. Yeah,
1: I guess that's where yeah. we'll we'll go with it.
2: Sure, sure. Yeah, I'm not concerned about DeForest Buckner. I mean, he's had this injury for weeks. Okay. And two, or three weeks he's had this injury. He's had two plus sacks, so I'm not super concerned um, with what he's with that injury. I mean, yeah. it seems like he's it's better. It kind of what I from what I've heard from this injury, it's like every time he plays, he re-aggravates it. But every time he like is resting it gets better throughout you know, every week it gets a little bit better so uh i feel be- i feel fine about it i'm not really concerned um i think the force buck even if he's not playing at 100 100 percent, he's still one of the best defensive tackles sure. in the league so yeah he, he's still been productive he had what, nine and a half sacks throughout the year and and he's had four of those up playing on a, on a bad ankle so i feel okay <laughs> about it
1: yeah, that's that's more than the fear. I'm a Grover Stewart yeah. fan myself. I have him in a yes. deep simulation football league that I'm in. It's really nerdy, not worth talking about, uh, but he is my starting defensive tackle in that league. Um so I follow him more than I should. Um I think he's just a very solid No, that's solid. great
2: man. Yeah. <laughs> I, I i love that i'm a big grover stewart guy like okay. i love grover stewart and everything he's done good run i mean defender. good grief this guy came from a yeah he really is he, he came from a fourth round pick in 2017 probably the one pick that i was the least excited about when they first took him and he has just developed into a dude man like albany state yeah seriously <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> out, out of nowhere I, yeah. I, I love it man I mean, like, years ago, the Colts cut Jonathan Hankins, um, who's a pretty good player, and it, Colts fans were, like, flipping out. Like, why is this happening? Why did we cut him? And now we see why. It's because Grover Stewart's that kind of player. Like, yeah. he's cheaper, he's more productive, and all that stuff. So, it was definitely a wise investment by Chris Ballard and company to to keep Grover around. He just brought him back for another couple of years. So, I love Grover Stewart, man. Any Grover Stewart love, I'm all for it. <laughs>
1: Fair enough for me. And then the defensive end position, is that something that's been okay for you? I know I've heard some talk around Colts fans around that um, kind of long term yeah. with you know, keeping Justin Houston and whatever, your edge defenders sure. there. So you know what's going on there? I see you get a lot of snaps out of Autry. How does that look?
2: Yep. Yeah, it it's weird. Like defensive end, it has so much potential, but I feel mm-hmm. like there hasn't just been a guy that's emerged as like, boom, stud pass rusher. Like Kamoko Turi's shown flashes, but he's also been hurt. Uh, and so he's getting back to it finally. He had a sack last Sunday. He should have had another sack a couple weeks ago. So he's kind of been pretty good. I guess if I was to describe the defensive end position to you, I would say the word would be inconsistent, like very inconsistent at certain points. Like they have Justin Houston, he has two sacks one game and then he doesn't get a pressure for two weeks. Like, Danico Autry, he he leads the team with seven and a half sacks like three or four weeks ago. Didn't have another sack the rest of the year. Like, it's just kind of like that. Uh, The defensive end position is kind of a wild card for me. Like, if if it was to, like – like, if the defensive end position plays really well, I think the Colts have a really good chance in this game. But if the defensive end position plays like it played against Pittsburgh where they had zero sacks, like, then you guys are going to have – Josh Allen's going to have time all day. So – I'm a little bit concerned about this defensive end position. I'm a little bit more comforted in seeing Komoko Tore getting a little bit back to form. That helps me a little bit, but yeah, defensive end for me on defense is the number one need. The Colts need to find a dominant edge rusher. They got their guys inside now. Yes. They got to get some guys outside that can create pressure on one-on-one matchups. I mean, they got a lot of solid players. It's kind of like the receiver position. They have a lot of solid guys, but not a guy that's like, oh my goodness, like we have to watch out for that guy. We have to game plan for that guy. So that would be my biggest concern with the defensive line is definitely defensive end.
1: Yeah, and you guys did at defensive line what we did at receiver. We, we said the same thing where we were like, we don't have that guy. We went out and got Diggs. Worth every penny, every pick we sent, and you guys did the same thing at the defensive interior position with DeForest Buckner. We kind of both made the same type of moves against yeah. for units. Um, and good. I mean, they both worked out. Those are things you want to see. You don't want to see teams just throwing away draft picks and DeForest Buckner went and was awful or Stefan Diggs went and hated Josh Allen or something that people were saying. Um, those are good moves for the league to yeah. say that when we do trade a top-20 pick – um, you know you know, and then you have Minka Fitzpatrick. So when you you go into trade these picks, it's going to work, and it's not sure. going to be like Houston trading for a left tackle and then losing your third overall pick.
2: Um, <laughs> and, oh, but, oh, dude, Houston! Is, I love how bad Houston has been. It's yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah. So. A lot, oh, lots lot lots of lots of Sean Watson but oh,
1: okay. <laughs> maybe he'll get maybe he'll get traded out of your division as long as it's not to Miami I think uh well I we'll, say uh, go,
2: trade him to the NSC. so I only have to see him once every 4 years or something like that that's, that's right nice. <laughs> <laughs> that's right
0: uh we'll finish out the defense here talking about the linebackers um do you want to yep. just tell us how amazing Darius Leonard is like just go for it <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, well, he should be first-team All-Pro again. He's He's been fantastic again. The thing is weird, like, it hasn't been – it's not a detriment on Darius Leonard, but I feel like there's been a certain things – like, he hasn't forced a lot of turnovers compared to what Darius Leonard normally does. Right. Now, okay. I do credit that a little bit to, you know, the secondary playing better than they have in the past, and then also just the defensive line getting more pressure and forcing more turnovers. But, yeah, it has been weird. Darius Leonard did have a turnover on Sunday, which was good to see. He had over 100 tackles again. Uh, so Darius Leonard's just fantastic. Uh, maybe a little bit of a question mark in his coverage sometimes, but I mean, I'm not really like super concerned about that, but yeah, yeah Darius Leonard is, is a very unique talent, very unique player. And uh, I, dude, I love Darius Leonard. He he's been incredible. Uh, great steal, great find by Ballard in 2018. Oh, yeah. uh, he's a stud. And then, and then also Bobby Okereke, he's had kind of an interesting year too. Nobody's really talked about him. Sure. I feel like he's had a, maybe not the, the year I expected. It maybe wasn't the best year uh, in, in certain ways. I mean, he's pretty good in coverage sometimes, and he's had some nice games. Like, I don't want to say he's had a bad year, but he just hasn't taken maybe the leap I expected him to take. Like, Akari Willis took the leap that I expected him to take. Yeah. So, Bobby Okariki's a little bit of a question mark, but he's really good at coverage still. He may have mistakes at certain points. But the thing is, like, the Colts are really, really good at, at, at coverage. Like, their linebackers really specialize in that. So I really like the, that those two guys. And then Anthony Walker is a really good run defender. So I would say this, like, if the Vils, Bills were attacking the Colts in any way at the linebacker, go after Anthony Walker in coverage because he is not the greatest at coverage at all. That's not a shot at him. That's just the type of player that he is. Um, I mean, that's what we saw. I've seen that before. Literally, I saw that. A couple of weeks ago, like, like the team literally just went after Anthony Walker for an entire drive, and they drove down the field. So uh, maybe that's something the Bills can use to, to potentially get an advantage there against the Colts linebackers. But uh, I would not test Darius Leonard or, or Bobby Okereke. Are in you in a lot so. of
1: base there with three linebackers on the field?
2: Are you in a lot of f- base defense? Well, not, not, not a whole lot, no. Okay. I mean, yeah, not, not a ton. Um, they, it's great, Like, yeah. Uh, they might be more, though, because of the injuries, though. I, I could see that happening a little bit more because of the injury to Rocky I a little bit thin at corner. Mm-hmm. I could potentially see that happening. But, yeah, normally I think they want to have, uh, you know, in coverage, obviously they want to have those two guys. But, but Walker has a, has a good share of snaps as well. So they kind of rotate those three guys in gotcha. uh, a pretty decent amount. So, so yeah. Makes sense.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah and then the the last matchup that everybody's looking forward to is the battle between two rookie kickers <laughs> we're familiar yes. with, with the woes of you know get having a rookie kicker slowly come on tyler bass was really iffy at the beginning of the year but he's actually been extraordinarily reliable since those early struggles um kind of like the Bills' defense actually sit pretty similar how is rodrigo blankenship look i mean he has the best name in football um is that he's <laughs> that a guy that you know the colts are confident putting out there in those like key you know high pressure
2: situations. Yeah, I definitely think so. He's been one of the best, I mean, scratch out last week, last week was weird. He kicked a 56-yarder he attempted it and he just just left it short and then he had another like 50-yarder that just hit off the upright. But that was probably his worst game of the year. He's been really really good for the Colts overall. Um, I've really liked what I've seen from him. He already kicked a game winning field goal earlier this year against Green Bay, so he can deal with the pressure. That that's the big thing with Blankenship. He's been so consistent. Uh, throughout this year I really really loved when I saw I was a big there was another guy he was competing with in training camp I was more on that guy's like team that guy but yeah McLaughlin yeah he was he was mad with McLaughlin I was like hey McLaughlin really was did well for us last year let's just keep him around but the Colts elected to go with Blankenship and it paid off he's been really really good I think he's a scoring leader if not now he was a scoring leader at one point throughout the season so uh he's he's you know, and for somebody who had to deal with how bad Adam Vinatieri was last year, like this is such a breath of fresh air to have a young guy like this that just is, he, he has rookie mistakes that he makes, but overall, I, I've loved what I've seen from him. Uh, he, he's been really good. He rarely ever misses two in a row. Like he's hes just that type of guy. he He's really, really strong mentally. Like he doesn't get flustered a lot. So um, I know I have confidence in him that he'll shake off this last game and he'll be perfectly fine. And And also just our our punter, Rigoberto, Rigoberto, yeah. It was Rodrigo and Rigoberto. It's hard to keep track sometimes. He's really good as well. Obviously, you know, beat cancer, and that was amazing. And now he's back punting. He's one of the best punters in the league. So, I would say, man, special teams for sure for us is a big strength. It really is. Um, We have really good returners. Isaiah Rogers, who I already mentioned, he plays corner, but he's also our kick returner. He already has taken one to the house. Earlier in the season, Naheem Hines, we know what he can do. We've already talked about him in space. So, I feel pretty good about special teams for us honestly.
0: Yes, it's been a strength of the Bills too for most of the year, which has been a huge breath of fresh air. Like you said, you had to deal with Adam Venitery. Last year we had Hauschka, who was just another aging <laughs> kicker and it was it was it was it wasn't good. It wasn't good. You know Bills Twitter was getting annoying when McLaughlin got away made one kick for the 49ers and suddenly that was the player that got away from the Bills.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> we'll get into score predictions here to wrap up the show. Uh, and since it's the playoffs, you know we'll we'll have you do a little Super Bowl prediction here to to you know about sure. too. Um, starting with this game though, uh, how do you see it going down? Um, do you think the Colts, you know stand a chance of taking this one on the road in Buffalo and being the first ever, possibly seven seed to win a playoff game?
2: Yeah, I mean, like like Kevin and I talked about, we do feel like I know it's the first year for the seventh seed, but like if there was a seventh seed that was like you had to pick, like I want this team as the seventh seed, like the Colts are a really really good for a seventh seed. Yeah. Uh, you know, saying that though, the Bills are I would say the hottest team in football right now. So like I can't deny that uh Josh Allen's phenomenal. Your passing game's phenomenal. You can run the ball when you need to. Um, but yeah. And anything's possible in this league. Like, and I think it will be a close game. Um, I do think it's going to be a tough battle. Both these teams have, I believe, really, really good coaching staffs, really, really good, you know, foundations. So, yeah. But I do think I'm terrified of that matchup, Josh Allen versus our secondary. I, I really am, mm-hmm. and I know that like quarterbacks win you Super Bowls, like they do. And uh, you know, we saw it even with last year with with the Super Bowl, which I'll talk about. Uh, at the end of the day, the best quarterback won. So if the Colts can somehow make Josh Allen, you know, play like he did last year in the playoffs, I don't know how they're going to do that. But if they were able to do something similar, then I give them a good shot at this game. Um, Or if they're able to just slow him down, I give them a good shot in this game. But, you know, saying that, I do think the Bills are going to come out strong. Um, I do think they have a lot to prove. They haven't won a playoff game in, since I've been born, so <laughs> uh, I think they really want to want to prove something here, and I think they will. Um, and I, I think my score I had was, was 35-27, I believe, or something around there, so I'm going to stick with that score. It's going to be a one-score game, I think, but I have Buffalo pulling it out.
0: And then who do you have in the Super Bowl this year, just, just on a whim?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is tough. Um... You know, I will say Kansas City. I do think – I just – Patrick Mahomes is just on another level. Josh Allen is too. But Kansas City, I can't go against them. Like, I just can't I can't argue with defending Super Bowl champs. So, I'll go Kansas City and I'll go Green Bay. Um, and I do think Green Bay will win um, if they did play that game. Nice.
1: That's, that's fair enough. I'm going to stick with my prediction from your show, 31-28. It's one I really like, feel real good about it. Um, special teams are strength from both units. I don't expect a blunder on either side um, there. I expect some solid play there, so I don't think that'll tip anywhere. Um, I just think that, yeah, I mean, you mentioned to Josh Allen, being on a level, of the Bills you need to tick this final box off, get this, out, you know, get this out of the way, and say, you know, not only have we beaten good teams, good opponents, um, you know, the whole MVP candidates, whatever, we have all those check marked. Let's get the win here. Seven thousand fans should make a lot of noise for seven thousand fans. Um, I'm expecting that yeah. to go well. We saw the testing already in place um, you know, for the first phase. They did two tests. Uh, the first one you know, went underway. So um, it's going to be a really exciting game for what it should be. I think they got the shaft for the 1 p.m. slot. I've been vocal about that. <laughs> um, people are still working. Government jobs are still open. Um, post offices open. Banks are open still across the country. It's a bad time slot for as good as this game is um, and could potentially be um, but two smaller market teams—they're not going to totally bend over backwards, giving them a good time slot, guys. So that's kind of sure. kind of where I'm at with this thing. Mm-hmm. Even though I could see it being top, definitely a top three of six game of the of of the of the slate. So it's oh, a bummer okay. It got this slot. Mm-hmm. People say, "Well, I don't care who watches this team play. Only Colts and Bills fan should matter." No, I mean there's there's a little precedent that you know you want others to watch your team win. Um, and mm-hmm. on top of it, yeah, you want other Bills and Colts fan to be able to watch this game and be like, "Wow, I did not have Saturday at one." Um, able to make, make that for more casual type of fans. but um, So, right. you know, 31-28, that's, that's the score I'm living with. I think you'll see some scary moments if you're a Bills fan out of the Colts oh, yeah. um, where it's scary close. Um, you know, maybe Rivers has a chance to go and tie or win the game. Maybe he doesn't get it done. Maybe, maybe he could. Or vice versa. I maybe mean, Josh Allen has that 28-28 moment and he has to go get it done or down 28-24 or something, and he has to go get it done. I think you could see that moment in this game very – I'm predicting that moment on one side or the other that either Josh mm-hmm. Allen's going to go and maybe get it done or, or Philip Rivers is going to go and potentially have a chance to get it done as well. So I do think you're going to see that moment, and it's not going to be something where it's like just kneeing on it and, and or Jonathan Taylor running 70 times at the end of the game because they're trying to run the clock out or even yeah. Devin Singletary either. Um, yeah. So I do think it's going to be right. one of those games where the other team is going to have a crack. I don't, how good of a shot? We'll see. But I think the other team is going to have a crack at at least potentially tying it. Um, if not taking the lead. So that's where I got thirty-one twenty-eight in this one.
0: Yeah. Yep. I, um, I'm, I'm, I don't think it'll be as close as both of you. Like, I'm not saying it's going to be a blowout. I'm not predicting like a, a 20 point win or anything right now. I have a 37, 24. I still think there are going to be a lot of big plays. Both are going to be humming. Um, you know, I, I kind of see a turnover for the Bills going the right way, I'm forcing one out of Rivers. He's not super mobile and the Bills have been getting to the quarterback better than usual lately, um, especially, you know, war of attrition. If if something happens with someone on the Colts offensive line, uh, you know, I, I think that the Bills pass could matter, could be, could be pretty effective in this one in deciding who wins. So yeah, I say Thirty-seven twenty-four, and you'll notice I didn't ask Kevin to say who's going to be in the Super Bowl because we, as Bills fans, don't really like to talk about that until it's <laughs> actually happening. So, uh, on that note, that's where we're going to end it today. Uh, Cody, really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, it's going to be a great, great game, and I don't think we could have had anyone better here to preview it with us. So, thanks for being here.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me. Appreciate it. And where can we obviously tell our listeners this week? I know you have a live show, you know, you're expecting some bills, mafia, maybe jumping in there. Tell us where we can find you, find that show, find your stuff. I'm sure they will be very interested to know that.
2: Sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I'm on Twitter just personally at, at CP Felger 55. I tweet basically all cult stuff, football stuff, all that stuff, uh, at, at BTJ pod. That's kind of where the podcast is Twitter, Instagram, um, and then for YouTube where you just type in, you can type in Colts podcast, we'll show up there as the top, uh, top choice there, or bring the juice Colts podcast. Either way, you'll find us there. We already have those videos, uh, uh, up and ready to go for Sunday. So you can just, <laughs> uh, save them or whatever you do, hit the like button and come back to them, whatever you want to do there. But, but yeah, I'm really excited, man. Looking forward to this game. It's going to be a good one. Um, I, if somehow the Colts were able to pull this off, man, I, I don't know what I would do. Honestly, It'd be incredible. It'd be crazy, uh, but obviously, I think the Bills are—they're one of the top seeds for a reason. So I'm definitely not underestimating you guys at all.
0: Yeah, it's definitely going to be a good game. Not a team I'm really taking lightly. Wouldn't be shocked if it's as close as you guys said, but only time will tell. 105 p.m. kickoff, first game of Wild Card Weekend. Awful. Maybe kick it off with the best game of the entire weekend, and we're going to do it in Buffalo. Make sure you get your Picasso's Pizza for the game. Thank you to Cody. Thank you for Kevin, as always, for being here with me on the Crowd Assist Podcast from Trainwreck Sports. We'll see you on Saturday.